Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Man, you guys look good. You sound good too, by the way. Come on, let's go. We're kicking off a new collection of talks that is geared toward the seeker. Geared toward the person who is on a search. The person who is is running hard after this adventure that God has for you. And can I tell you, I hope that's everybody in the room. I hope you never get satisfied. I hope you never settle for less than what God has for you. Sometimes that word seeker gets a bad rap in the church, but can I just tell you something? We should all be seeking. We should all be constantly pursuing, constantly after the things that God has for our life. And I'm just gonna tell you, if you want to to see things differently, then you gotta do things differently. If you wanna experience a different side, you have to to experience things, you have to try things different. And and I wanna remind us that this, this journey of following Jesus really is a continual commitment to go all in, to seek God with all of your heart, all your soul, right? All your mind, all your, all your strength, everything that you are. In fact, that's what God's word tells us to do. Seek me and you'll find me, yeah. right? Like, like seek first the kingdom of God and then everything else will be given to you as well. In James, it tells us to draw near to God and he'll do what? Draw near to you. We'll find him there. And Jeremiah says, those who seek me will find me when they seek me with all of their heart. I think God is trying to let us know that he's not a distant God. He's not a God who is far off. However, we have a part to play. And our part is to seek him continually. Pursue the things of God in our life. And I just hope uh, you, you get stirred today to move beyond where you are, to get hungry again, to get desperate again, because can I, 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 that's how we grow, is when we're hungry, when we're not satisfied with where we, we are, just to seek him again. I think sometimes we find faith, we find God, we'll even say that I found Jesus, or I found God, or I found a church, I found a, a community, and it's like, like we reached a, a place where we stop, and we're done. Like Colby, I'm satisfied. You know, I found my, my, I found my community. I found the friends. You know, I don't need any more friends or, you know, I'm good with where I am in life. I don't want to be challenged. I want to be comfortable. I don't need to be convicted. I don't need to change anything. You know, I'm in control. And can I just tell you something? That might be your problem. You're in control. You're the one calling the shots. But if we want to reach new levels, if we want to experience God in a different way, we're going to have to do things differently continually seek God. I think one of the things the enemy did right from the beginning, as you look in the the garden with Adam and Eve, the Bible tells us that Adam and Eve would walk with God. They would pursue God. They would seek God and says that they would stroll with God in the cool of the day. That's what we read. And then the enemy comes in, sin enters into the equation, and they go from seeking to what? Hiding. They were seeking God, And then they started hiding from God. And can I tell you something? If you aren't seeking God, it could be because there is something that you are hiding from God. Hiding in your life. And today I want us to be stirred again, to go on this adventure, this expedition, to no longer hide. Hide behind what, Colby? Hide behind your busyness. 
hide behind your excuses, hide behind your failures, hide behind your insecurities, hide behind from, from things that are keeping you from God's best. We, we, those are our hiding places. And I just want to declare over this church, you are not going to be a hider in Jesus' name. You're going to be a seeker. Are you with me? We're going to seek God, and we're going to start by doing it through his word. So, Heavenly Father, just we ask as we open up your word, it would come alive. That we don't need to hear from Colby today. We need to hear from you. We need your spirit to move. This is a silly thing that we do, maybe even dangerous, if you don't show up. And God, we know your spirit is who leads us into all truth and wisdom and understanding. And so as we open up your word, we ask that your spirit would make it come alive. Challenge us where we need challenged. Convict us where we need convicting. Encourage us today, God, through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Van. Thanks, Dave. How many of you remember uh, the game growing up, Hide and Seek? You guys remember playing Hide and Seek? Like, I, I love playing hide-and-seek. In fact, we would play with my kids all the time. They would love to play hide-and-seek early on in life. And not that long ago, yeah, as many of you know, I, I still have like a six-year-old at home. So it was maybe a couple months ago we were playing hide-and-seek, and I had this thought go through my mind. I'm like, I have a son in college. How am I still playing hide-and-seek right now? Can somebody explain this to me? Like, what has my life become? No. But we, we were playing hide-and-seek, and I always thought, because I love the game, because, like, what other game do your kids go away <laughs> for a few minutes, and there's peace, and there's calm in the house, it's quiet, and you can choose to go and find them or not. <laughs> it's up to you, right, what you want to do with that. And I always thought, because I've heard of stories where kids would go hide someplace, and then they would fall asleep. And I'm like... Yes, please. And I would encourage Gray. I'd say, hey, well, you should go hide in your room, in your bed, under your covers with the lights off and the fan on. And then maybe you would fall asleep and I would not have to seek anymore, right? Never happened to me. But I want to just say that some of you, I think you've fallen asleep in some areas of your life. And because you have fallen asleep, you've stopped seeking. Maybe some dreams have fallen asleep. Maybe some destinies, maybe some opportunities that used to be in front of you, used to be there for the, the taking, but because you stopped seeking, are you with me? You have, have fallen asleep. The things you stopped pursuing, maybe you started getting settled with where you, you are today. And can I tell you something? 99.9% .9 of the time, it doesn't just fall into your lap. You have to go and find it. You have to go and seek it. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, go find it. Just let them know. Go find it. I don't know what they're looking for, but you tell them to go find it. Because I want to stir us back up, Elevate Church. I want to stir something inside of us in this collection of talks to, to have us be seekers again. To go after this adventure that God has for us, for us to go to higher heights, for us to go to new levels. Why on earth would you be satisfied with something that, that is beneath what God has for you, beneath God's best? In, in fact, I would just tell you to stop controlling your life and start climbing, start seeking once again. And we're going to learn from a climber today. In fact, he's one of the most famous climbers of all in God's word. He's a guy named Zacchaeus. How many of you have heard of Zacchaeus? Zach, he was the, the tree climber. If you've been around church for a while, maybe you remember growing up and hearing the song about Zacchaeus in Sunday school. You remember this? Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore. 
so he could. So you, you sing it differently than I sing it. I used to tell my kids. No, I won't tell you what I used to tell my kids. <laughs> this is why I don't teach Sunday school, by the way. They're just. But he was this, this wee little man, right? The Bible tells us that he goes after seeking God. And because of a man's decision to go seek, he has his life transformed. He goes from being a fraud to a follower. He goes from being an, an outsider really to included. He goes from being, being someone that's hidden right, to now he's someone who's pursuing after God. Uh, and his name is Zacchaeus. Uh, and you may be heard because it's often taught that Jesus stopped and found Zacchaeus. However, that's not exactly how it's written. And so I want us to look at this amazing story because of one man's decision to go on an expedition, to follow, to find Jesus, because why? He knew something was missing. And that might be where you are this morning. In fact, you, kind of, you could have walked through these doors today because you just felt like something was missing. Something was empty in your, your life, and Zacchaeus was there. And because of that, something significant happened. There was this shift in his heart that caused him to say, I am no longer satisfied with my current condition, with my, my current place in life. And by the way, how could he be? This guy was hated. This guy was considered a traitor. This guy was considered the worst of the worst. In fact, if you read the Bible over and over, you see different categories of, of people that, you know, uh, there's one for the sinners, but then there's also, it usually says sinners and tax collectors. Like they were hated. And here's the reason why they were hated, because every time you saw a tax collector, you associated them with Rome. The Roman Empire. The Roman Empire came in and took over cities. This is how the empire grew. And do you know how they did that? By killing men, killing children, doing whatever they wanted to with the women. And so now this person has decided, well, I'm going to go, you know, and represent Rome by collecting taxes. And the way he would make his money is by charging more than what Rome wanted him to charge, and he would take his cut off of the top. And so he was despised. He was hated. Of course, he was not satisfied with where he was. And so he goes on this journey to have his life changed forever. And I'm just telling you, it's the same for us. We have to continually go on this journey in our, our life. If we want to move to newer ground, if we want to move to higher heights, to new elevations that God has for us. So here's the story. It happens in Luke chapter 19. If you have your Bible, pull that out. If you have your iPhone, pull that out, your iPad, or just use your eyeballs, because I'm going to give you the biggest Bible of all. It's going to be right here up on the screen, all right, right here to my, my right. But this is what it says in Luke 19, verse 1. Then Jesus went to Jericho, and he was passing through. Somebody say passing through. I want you to note that. He wasn't planning on stopping there. That was not his final destination. Uh, in fact, a road through Jericho was a main trade route on the the eastern side of Israel going to Jerusalem. And so that was his, his final destination, but he was just passing through. However, did you know you can cause God to move? You can cause God to stop in your life. You can draw something out of God that other people do not draw out of God. What did I just say earlier? Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And when you decide you're going to seek him, it can move God's hand in your life because Jesus was just planning on passing through. Verse 2, but a man was there named Zacchaeus who was the chief tax collector. So he wasn't just a tax collector. He was the chief. 
and it says he was wealthy. So we already know right off the bat he had title, he had position, he had status, he had wealth. In fact, the chief tax collector would sit at this, this central gate into the city and collect taxes on trading goods that came through. And like I said, this was the main artery into Jerusalem, so a lot of goods came through there. And so he was the chief of all of them. So you could even say Zacchaeus has what so many of us chase after. Does he not? Position, power, money. Like, that's what we pursue. He had all that stuff, but he had come to this place in his life where he realized it's not enough. It's not satisfying me. How many of you know you cannot fill? Like, the things of the world cannot fill what only God can fill. How many of you have learned that the hard way, perhaps? Everything this world has to offer, can I tell you, will leave you empty. It will not ultimately satisfy only God. And so he had this position. He had title. However, that's what he was hiding behind. And this guy was a hider. You know, he had to hide from everyone in that, that community. I mean, he was big and bad while he had the Roman soldiers guarding his back, protecting him, but he was hiding behind his title. In fact, I, I just would like to say this. Some of you, that's what you hide behind. You hide behind your title. How do you know? Because it's the first thing you tell somebody when you meet them. Here's what I do. Like, I don't know if it's just an age thing, but the older I get, like, the less I care. I didn't ask what you did. I asked about you. Who are you? How are, are you? Like, I'm not trying to bump into your title. I'm not trying to bump into whatever it is you decided to lead with, your title, your net worth, whatever that is. And can I tell you, when people lead with those things, oftentimes it's, it's an, a, you know, a result of them trying to hide further back something in their life. But he's leading with his, his title. He's, this is what he does. He's wealthy. He has influence. He's the chief tax collector. But verse 3 says, but he wanted to see who Jesus was. Man, I hope you want to see who Jesus is. I hope that's why you're here. He had heard about Jesus. Jesus had gained this crowd. Everywhere he went, people would show up. So he'd heard about this man named Jesus, and he had to see for himself. Don't miss that. Not because someone else told him to. He wanted to see for him himself. In fact, maybe he heard that there was another guy who was a tax collector named Matthew. Ever heard of him? And Jesus calls him out one day and says, I want you to follow me and becomes one of his disciples. Maybe he'd heard about Matthew. Maybe he'd heard, you know, about all the miracles that Jesus had done. He's like, I got to see for myself. What does he look like? How tall is he? What does he dress like? What does he sound like? What does his hair look like? You know, I have to see for myself. And I'm hoping something inside of you reawakens your curiosity about Jesus. You just need to see for yourself. Who's Jesus? Got to seek after him. There are aspects of Jesus that I have not yet discovered. There are aspects of Jesus that you have not yet discovered in your life. And can I tell you something? You never will sitting in the security of your own home unless you begin to seek. You got to seek after him. It's this continual pursuit. And I just want to shake us up a little bit, church, and ask you, why are you living at a level that's underneath what God has for you? Let's go on this journey, this expedition to get to another altitude. But the first thing we have to do, write it down, is seek to find. This is where it starts. Seek to find. And so Zacchaeus is like, I got to see him. I need to see him. 
I'm desperate to, I'm hungry to see him. When was the last time you jumped out of bed on a Monday morning and was like, I just need to see him. I just need to be with him. I need to hear from Jesus. I need to seek after Jesus. I need to know more of God's heart in my life. When was the last time you were that hungry? Because Zacchaeus gets uncomfortable with his current condition, and he's like, I need to find Jesus. So he wants to see him, but verse 3 says, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. And all the vertically challenged people said, amen, amen. I want to see him, but I'm short. It's an excuse. And here's how it might go for you, Colby. I want to see him, but I'm busy. I want to see him, but you don't understand. I have to ride my, you know, drive my kids from this place to this place. I want to see him, but I don't know if my schedule will allow it. I want to see him, but I don't really want to admit that anything's wrong in my life. I want to, to see him, but I don't really want to be challenged to change. I don't want to be, you know, make you know, any commitments about being different. I want to see him, but how many of you know we all have a big old butt? Zacchaeus got a big old butt. Oh, yeah. You should not know that song. You should not know that song, by the way. That's a long time ago. That was a long time ago. He was short, and he could not see over the crowd. And so what does the Bible say? God tells us there was an obstacle in his way. Can I just tell you, whenever you determine, all right, I'm going to seek him, there will be an obstacle. And it might come in the form of insecurity. It might come in the form of doubt. It might come in the form of, of your own failures. There will be something that you have to get past in your life if you are going to continually seek him. It might be your past that you need to get past in order to seek him. So it says he was short. He couldn't see over the crowd. And so he ran ahead and he climbed a tree, climbed a sycamore fig tree. I want to tell some of you today, it's time for you to climb. Look at your neighbor right now. Say, it's time to climb. Let's go. It's time to climb. Colby, I want to see him, but I'm insecure. Well, you know what? You need to climb a tree called confidence. You need to climb a tree called confidence in who God made you to be. Like if you want to see him differently, you're going to have to seek him differently. It's time to climb a tree. Colby, I want to see him as my, my provider, but I don't, want to, I don't want to tithe. I don't want to give. You're going to have to climb a tree called obedience. You're going to have to climb a tree called, I'm going to trust God with what he's given me. I'm going to take him at his word and give him my first and best and watch him. That's what the Bible says. If you will test me in this, see if I won't throw open the floodgates of heaven and give you more than you can, right? Are you with me? Like, you're going to have to climb a tree. Kobe, I want God to make a difference in my life. You're going to have to climb a tree called getting involved, stepping up. Getting on the team. You're going to have to climb a tree. Kobe, I want to have friends. I want to be connected to people. You're going to have to climb a tree called stepping out of your comfort zone. The Bible says if you want to have friends, you got to be friendly. So let's go. It's time to jump into a group. Sisterhood are, are starting back up in, in October. Brotherhood starting back up in October. Come on. You have to climb that, that tree. So he climbs a tree in verse 5. And it says this, when Jesus reached that spot, what spot is that? The spot that he knew someone was seeking him. Do you know if you seek God, it moves his heart? And it caused Jesus to stop right where he was. 
In fact, the, the person who was seeking him that Jesus knew was a, a seeker, Jesus stops in that spot and says, hey, I want you to know I, I see you. Can I tell you something? He's not going to leave you hanging. If you're in here seeking God, wanting to know God, pursuing after him, he will not leave you hanging. Jesus reaches that spot and he looks up and he lets that person know, I see you too, by saying this out loud. It says, Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. He says, Zacchaeus. Don't miss that. He calls him by his name. He says, Zacchaeus. He doesn't say, hey, little short guy up in a tree. Hey, little Danny DeVito looking dude up in this tree. <laughs> Those of you under 40, who's Danny DeVito? Well. <laughs> he said, Zacchaeus. This is so good you don't even know. Why is this, this good? Because not only does he know his name, but he chooses to use his name. Colby, why is that significant? Because do you know what Zacchaeus means? Like, I had to look this up. Do you know what, did you know what Zacchaeus means, Seth? Do you know? It means pure and innocent one. That's what his name means. And back in the day, names meant something. They don't necessarily today. I mean, I know some of you have said, you know, but some of you, just kid comes out, and you're like, let's call him Skyler. And all right, that's cool, Skyler. I'm sorry if your name's Skyler. I don't mean that's not a, that's not a knock on the name Skyler. I'm just saying back in the day, they would name them after, long after they were born, and say, this is what I see in you. And so his parents named him Pure and Innocent One. This guy, the tax collector. And I know some of you would say, Colby, he's, he's a thief. He's a robber. There's nothing pure and innocent about, about this guy. Don't miss this. When you decide to climb a tree in search of the one who knows who you are, he will call out of you what no one else sees in you. Listen, I had him put that up there so you could write it down. I didn't want you to miss it. Because when you make that decision, I'm going to seek him. And I'm going to seek him in a different way than I did before. I'm going to climb a tree. And the one who knows you, who knows every hair on your head, who knows why he created you, who knows what he created you to do, he will call out of you what no one else sees in you. And so he says to him, hey, pure and innocent one. Can you believe that? Pure and innocent one. Zacchaeus, come down here. Do you have people in your life who will call out of you the things that God put in you? Because you need to. Do you have people in your life who only refer to you as your title or what you do or your Instagram name, right? Or do you have people who will call out of you what God himself has placed in you? And I know the pushback, people would say, Colby, I don't want to be connected that way. I don't even know if I like people that much. I hang around people too much. Well, can I just tell you, that might be the tree you have to climb. Because if you're going to follow Jesus, you don't love people less, you love people more. You become more like him. I mean, come on, we know he loves people. So if you're going to see him differently, you're going to have to seek him differently. Differently than how you have been. Get your excuses out of the way. Climb that tree, right, and seek to find. And I promise you, when you do, he will stop right there and he will call something out of you. Are we good? That's number one. I got two more. We okay? We got plenty of time. Let's keep going. Number two. You got to seek to find, but then you have to strive to stay. Because the next thing Jesus says is verse 5, it says, Hey, Zacchaeus, pure and innocent one, come down here, because I must stay 
at your house. I need to stay with you. I need to spend time with you. I need to walk a mile in your shoes. I need to understand the way you think. I want to understand the way you feel. Can we just all agree Jesus has a busy schedule? Like he's got things to do. Yet he decides this guy who is seeking after him, right, he's going to stay with him. He understands that if we're going to seek to find him, that's the starting place. That's not the finish line. We have to stay connected to him, so strive to stay. Can I tell you, some people treat church like the hokey pokey. You put one foot in, you put one foot out. You shake it all about, right? That's not what we're called to do. That's not what the the church is. Jesus is like, hey, if you want to find me, then we have to stay. We've got to stay connected. I want to come to your house. I want to have a dinner with you. I want to have a conversation with you. I need to stay and eat food together. We need to, to stay in the house. Why? Because in staying, that's where you find growing. That's where you start growing. In staying, you start lifting things up out of, out of your life. You start digging a little bit deeper in your own heart. In staying, it's almost like peeling back the layers of onion, right, to expose some things that we need to, to work on, which is why some of you don't want to stay. Because if you, if you stay, if someone peels back a layer, they might discover that your marriage isn't all as great as it looks like it is on Instagram. Uh-oh. And if you stay, right, people might start to realize, hey, you got a little bit of an attitude problem. you got a little bit of pride that you need to work on. And so a lot of us, we're okay not staying, not staying connected, treating church like a, like a gift shop where we just come in, get a little trinket here and there, and then we peace out. Because, Colby, if I stay or if I just pop in and out every now and then, then people like me. They're like, hey, it's great to see you. It's been a long time. But if I decide to stay, people might actually see the real me. And I might have to change some things in my, my life. But I'm just saying, if you won't stay, you won't grow. You won't grow. What does Jesus tell his disciples? Remain in me. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, I will remain in you. Like that's the way we grow. That's the way we, we become more and more like Christ. If you won't stay, you won't grow. Why, Colby? Because disconnected things die. They die. In fact, I have a couple of of branches up here. Seth, will you grant me those branches? Thanks, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, Seth. Thanks, Seth. (laughs) Hey, quick question. Which one of these is dead? This one or this one? Trick question. They both are dead, right? It's just this one doesn't know it yet. They're both disconnected from the source. This one's just been disconnected a little bit longer than this one. Are you with me? Both things are, are dead. And I was thinking about this. I've showed you guys this before, but I was thinking about it because I had a conversation just a couple weeks ago with a guy who, who came up to me. And, and one of the things that people say to me when they see me, you know, outside of church is like, oh, I got to get back to church. You know, it's been a while. And I'm like, yeah, I understand. Or I've been watching online. And I'm like, cool. You know, that's, that's great. But they say, man, I... He told me, I really, we've noticed a difference since, since COVID. You know, I'm starting to feel the effects of not being in church, in my family, in my marriage, with my kids. And I'm thinking in my mind, it's taking you three years to figure that out? <laughs> like, I'm not sure how connected you were, how much nutrients you were getting from the source as it is, if it took you three, are you with me? But that's because disconnected things eventually die. And if you don't connect to the, the source, 
And I know people get mad at me when I say something about COVID, and they're like, well, Kobe, when are you going to stop, you know, referencing COVID? I'll stop referencing it when it, stop, when it stops having relevance in your life. I will. I will stop referencing it. I'll stop referencing it when it no longer impacts whether or not you come to church. And I don't know I'm preaching to the choir here, you know, with, with you guys in the room. But I'm just saying, I don't think COVID, I don't think the greatest thing about COVID is that it creates fear or still creates fear in people's life as much as it has created a sense of indifference and not caring. In fact, I think it's, it is amazing. The, the, the most covert part, the cynical part of, of COVID is that it's created a disconnection. And we all understand this. Indifference creates disconnection in your marriage. Indifference creates disconnection in, in relationships, does it not? It's, it's indifference. So we need to strive to stay connected to the source. Some of you need to stay. You need to stay in your worship. You need to stay in your, in your giving. You need to stay in your serving. You need to stay connected got to seek to find, but then we also need to strive to stay. And I say that because we're heading into um, a season where there's historically a lot of growth and momentum. Like just in the fall, in the natural, there is a harvest time. Did you know that also in the supernatural in the fall, it seems like there's a harvest time? People start coming back to church. There's a lot of movement happening, but can I tell you, the one thing that does not need to be moving is you. Is you. You need to stay connected. Stay connected to the, the source. Stay planted. Stay, stay rooted. If I could challenge you with anything today, it would be this. Don't be a tourist in the kingdom of God. Are you with me? Don't treat church like that. Like, like tourists, you know, if, I've been to Israel a couple different times. In fact, we're going to have another trip in hopefully this time next year, October of next year. So you're going to hear more about that. We'd love to take you if you've ever wanted to go. Um, but there's all these gift shops everywhere souvenir shops you can go buy little things all that but right across the street there's places where people are actually digging excavating moving earth digging for for treasure and can i tell you something a lot of people treat church like a gift shop i need to come in i'll get my little word for the day and then i'll feel good and i'll leave you know and people think i'm a follower of jesus no if you want the treasure that's available to you from knowing god you can't Treat church like a gift shop. You need to treat it like a trench where you get dirty, you get connected, you start digging for the gold that's available, right? Not for just the little, the little trinket. Some of us have, have souvenir relationships. Treat relationships that way. Tell me social media is not a gift shop relationship, you know, kind of place where you can follow or unfollow as you see fit because it's easy to do from a distance. And that's why some people won't get connected in church because you're like, I don't, I don't know if I want to be connected that way. I'm just telling you, you want to have relationships that last? People who will stand next to you in the storm, will you dig together? You lock arms, you serve together, you work alongside one another. Well, Colby, I don't know if these are my people. You know, they're, they're a little weird. Well, you're weird too, probably. You get come to, I'm just telling you right now, we need these kinds of connections in order to remain. And brotherhood nights and sisterhood nights starting up again in October, just telling you where we dig beside one another. We dig beside you. Seek to find, and then you strive to stay. Why? Because disconnected things die. And there's no such thing as a lone wolf, by the way. 
disconnected things die. Here's the last one I'll give you. Come on, band, you guys can help me shut it down. Because as we strive to stay, as we first seek to find and strive to stay, then something inside us starts to stand. Something is stirred inside of you. And honestly, this is the journey that God has every single one of us on. It happens over and over and over again in Scripture. But look at it from Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is at the table. Jesus is like, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to your house. And we're going to sit. We're going to have a conversation. Man, I would love to know what he told him in that conversation. Because he's staying in the presence of the one who knows him better than anyone else could know him. And all of a sudden in verse 8, it says Zacchaeus stood up. Nobody asked him to. Nobody told him to. Something inside him was stirred to where he stood. And Zacchaeus says to the Lord, look, Lord, here now I give half of my possessions to the poor. Talk about radical life transformation. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, anything, I will pay back four times the amount. What's happening? He was stirred. Something stirred inside him to the point where he could not help but to stand up, the pure and innocent one who Jesus had already called out of him, who everyone else did not think he was pure and innocent, who started to to seek God first, to stay connected to him. Now he's seeing inside himself what he was unable to see before. He's like, you know what? I'm not a cheat. I'm not, I'm not greedy. I'm not someone who's a traitor. And I'm a giver. I want to make a difference. Like this is the journey. This is the adventure. This is the expedition God has us on. That we would seek after him with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength. That we would stay connected to him. And then something inside of us begins to stir and we stand up. And he says, I'm going to pay back anyone, if I've cheated anyone, four times the amount. He moves from observing and hearing about the miracles of Jesus to being a participant in one. Something stood up inside of him. And I'm telling you, there's something inside of you that needs to stand up as well. There's a leader in some of you that needs to stand. There's a teacher in some of you that needs to stand. There's an educator. There's a, there's a shepherd There is a giver. There's something inside of you that needs to stand. For some of you, it's time to to seek again. For some of you, it's time to get stirred to be hungry and desperate for the things of God in your life and seek again. For some of you, you need to stay. And you need to commit to remaining connected to the source who is Jesus. And for others, you need to stand. Hebrews 11 tells us that he is a rewarder of those who diligently Seek him. And I just feel like there's a shift happening in this season. But it only happens if you determine it's time for you to climb a tree. It's time to climb. Some of you, no more excuses. In fact, here's what climbing a tree could look like for you. That at 1130 today, we have Explore. And this is week two. And you need to go to Explore. It's time to climb. Well, Colby, we already made plans. There you go with your excuses. There you go with I'm short. It's time to climb. For some of you, here's what climbing could mean. 
and you can get upset about this if you want to, but at the end when a pastor comes out and tells you about all the ways we're making a difference around the world and here in the community and helping out through organizations like Convoy of Hope where we are there already with helping with hurricane relief and, and the, the, the recent earthquake that just happened overnight and the, the fires, like we're there partnering with them and they say, hey, you know, when you give, we're able to make a difference around the world. Instead of ignoring that, that you climb that tree and you start to, to stand and start to build your faith by giving. I don't know what your tree is, but you need to take another step. Every single one of us do. And that's what I love about God's word. Like you should know exactly when you hear me say, in fact, you'll see it when you walk into the building, know God, find family, discover purpose, make a difference. This is the journey that God wants to take us all on. And it starts with knowing God, seeking God, and being a continual seeker of God. Not stopping, but staying hungry for the things of God. Knowing God, and then finding family, getting connected to people, serving alongside people. Did you know that in relationships there's freedom? In relationships, that's how we find healing with one another. Like, it's huge. Discovering the purpose, like how do you discover that without staying connected to the source and staying connected to the reason why you're on this planet? The two greatest days in your life, by the way, the day you were born and the day you discovered why you were born. And then making a difference, standing. That's what standing is. In fact, let's do that right now. Everybody stand to your feet. You gotta be stirred to stand. The last verse in this, this story is uh, verse 10, and it says that the Son of Man, Jesus, he came to seek and save that which was lost. And so I need some of you to understand that's the starting place. Starting place is just seeking after God, seeking after Jesus. Who is this Jesus? And that might be where some of you are today. Maybe for some of you, you need to stay. You've been bouncing around. You've been disconnected. There hasn't been much growth. Maybe you're starting to feel the impact of that disconnection in your home, in your relationships. I don't know what it is for you, but some of you, I'm betting, some of you need to stand. There's something stirred so deeply inside of you that you need to take that step. You are a leader. You are a shepherd. You are a giver. You are, like, like what is it? God will call out of you what he's placed in you the moment you first decide to seek, will you bow your head, close your eyes? Let me just ask you this question. Where are you on that journey? Seeking, and hopefully we're all there and we never stop. Staying, we're standing. For those of you that are seekers, and you're seeking after significance, you're seeking after something missing in your life, can I tell you it's in God's presence is where you begin to find that? In fact, that might be why you're here. You're seeking after who Jesus is, just like Zacchaeus was, you gotta see this man. You need to know that this man gave his life so you could have life. This man, Jesus, the Bible tells us died on a cross that God sent his one and only son to give up his life for us. Because inherently we're all sinners. And, and by the way, that's not a statement of condemnation. That's a statement of reality. 
That's a statement of the human condition. We're sinners. We know that. When you look in the mirror and you see those eyes staring back at you, you know that. We're sinners separated from a holy God, but, be, but because of Jesus who gave his life on the cross for you. You don't have to be separate from God. You can have a relationship with him. So I want to invite you to pray a prayer that leads you into that relationship. This is not about church. This is not about Elevate. This is about the beginning place of you seeking God with your whole heart and saying, Jesus, I want to make you Lord of my life because the Bible says if we confess Jesus as Lord and we believe in our heart God raised him from the dead, we would be saved and that might be your starting place today. And if that's you and you want to commit your life to Jesus for the first time or the first time in a long time, you're coming back to him. I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer, but I'd ask you to be so bold right now to lift your hands. I just want to see who I'm praying with. If you'd say, Colby, I need to seek God. I need to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to surrender it all to him. Yeah, just hold it up high. There's hands all over. Yep, God bless you. God bless you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, thank God for this step that you're taking. You can put your hands down. In fact, our church, I'm going to invite you to pray this out loud with those next to you to encourage them as they surrender their life to Jesus. Say something like this, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for dying in my place. I know I'm a sinner, separate from a holy God. But today, I choose to follow you. I confess you as Lord and as Savior. Take my whole life. I seek you with my whole heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate. So good. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There will be some practical resources to help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. Thank you for living generously. We hope you enjoyed this message. Have a great week.